Hey there, welcome back. This is Needed Conversations with Victoria and Ryan Cole. We're so glad that you joined us for today's session as we have been discussing for the past few weeks how to date God's way. We talked about the outer court, the inner court, and we're stepping into the Holy of Holies, which is reserved for marriage. That's right. And so uh, our summer love series is taking a bit of a shift. We've been really focusing more so on the dating process, which is so important. And we had a webinar that we did for those who are um, single dating or engaged. You can actually go and watch that right now if you go to summerlovewebinar.com and you can check that out. We also have a premarital course that you can enroll in. We have the window open. We only open it a couple times a year and that window is open now. So if you're single dating or engaged, enroll in our course now at moremostforever.com. Yeah, you know, we've been talking a lot on here about dating, but there's so much more to the course. Um, we walk you through a, like a 90 day journey. You get a lot of ex exclusive interviews with our personal mentors. And so there's a lot of educational things that I feel like people are really lacking in before making this huge decision. So you want to hop on in um, and join this course. You know, a lot of people invest so much money into their wedding day, into rings and all those things, but nothing after the math. And then they're dealing with so many problems that could have been addressed beforehand. So get yourself ready. Join us for the 90 day journey. That's right. And now our summer love series is shifting as we, like Victoria said, are moving into the Holy of Holies, which is reserved for the covenant of marriage. So this is a conversation that we are going to be focusing on on the marriage process. And in particular, we're going to be calling these uh, spicy conversations. Yeah. Victoria. PG, PG rated. No, uh, this is PG 13, <laughs> I would say. So let's go ahead and put a disclaimer. Yeah. If you do have kids uh, nearby or, you know, babies, you don't hear them. babies you don't are not going to really understand. That, so. But if they're at the age where they're starting to pick up on language stuff and you don't want them to hear that. And also, if you're single and sensitive to the topic of sex, you might want to, you might not want to listen in. But if you're mature, um, you, maybe you're engaged. I think these are going to be good conversations for you to listen to. So listen nowadays, if you're 16, 18, I think you need to have those conversations. So. Absolutely. But we're going to be talking really in depth over the next several weeks. Yeah. So if you you are married, why don't you share this with any other person that you know is married? You know, if you um, are a woman and you have a bunch of girlfriends who, you know, are also married and need to spice up their relationship this summer, send it to them. Yeah. Don't be, don't be stingy. Like, don't keep it to yourself. <laughs> share the love. Yes. Um, that, that inner court and outer court that we've already dealt with is listed in my book, I Love You More, Most and Forever. And um, if this is your first time jumping on, just to give you a little context, um, God gave us the blueprint for, for dating and marriage, and it comes from the tabernacle of Moses. And he built a tabernacle in order for the children of Israel to connect with God, despite the fact that they were a sinful people. Um, and so each part of this temple slash tabernacle has different elements. The outer court we talked about was open to the public. That's kind of like the qualifying stage of dating. Um, it deals with the spiritual aspects. Are they saved, etc. The inner court deals with the soul, communication, vision, and you're headed towards the veil 
which leads you to the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant is. That's the gold box um, that housed the glory and the presence of God. It would come and rest upon the mercy seat that the priest would come and sprinkle the blood from the sacrifice of the um, of the altar that was out on the outer court. And so that right off the bat lets you know that the glory that you experience in marriage is attributed all the way back to how you handled the outer court mm -hmm. because the priest carried that sacrifice dripping through the inner court and straight into the Holy of Holies. And after sprinkling that blood on to that gold seat on this gold box where two angels were hovering towards the middle, that's when the glory of God would come and his voice would be heard for the nations to receive direction. Mm. This is how powerful the covenant is. And really, when you're talking about the most holy place, you're talking about the fusion of two holes becoming one, not two halves, but two holes becoming one. And you've come through the qualifying stage, which deals with the spiritual aspect. You've also come through the inner court, which deals with the soul. And now you are igniting this chemistry and developing a rhythm with one another as you focus on a common mission. That's, That's what right. we often preach, right? Mm -hmm. That your marriage has to have a mission. Where is this thing going and how do we get there? And a part of developing that rhythm in the marriage comes with sexual intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. What do you want to say uh, jumping in there, Victoria? I don't know why I feel like I have to mention this, but like, you know, when you think about the Old Testament, and I know we are in a different place where we are restored in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So we live not under the, the law, but for some reason I'm, I'm more of like this legalistic person sometimes. So like, I remember the times that I read about the tabernacle, you know, and how the priests would have to prepare themselves in such a way where they would have to be right before they would actually enter the holy place because they would have those bells on the garments. And so they would tie a rope on their foot. And so if they actually were not in the right standing, they would actually get killed. So That's right. I think just when we are stepping into this, I think the world speaks of it as nothing. Like this is something that you should enjoy, that you shouldn't take seriously. You should jump from partner to partner, but the Lord takes it seriously. I mean, we don't live under the law, but God still takes it very seriously and you should too. That's right. Only the high priest has the authority to enter the most holy place. Physically speaking, a woman's body is set up like a tabernacle with an inner court and a most holy place. And there's actually a veil when she's a virgin mm -hmm. that's broken during the act of intimacy. There's also times when that um, layer of flesh can be broken through, you know, physical act activity, you know, if, if you're very or, sporty or whatever, yeah. horse riding, etc. But no normally that's broken during the act of sex and... Back in the day, they would test a woman's virginity um, by looking at the sheets after that first night mm -hmm. um, to see if they were bloodied from the tearing of that flesh. And that just shows you um, how her body is set up like the tabernacle and how this is all woven into this covenant making process. The Ark of the Covenant was powerful. We see many times when people try to misappropriate the Ark and bad things happened. 
even good intentioned people who put their hands on the ark when it was being transferred from one place to a, another in the process of moving it mm-hmm. not following god's instruction of carrying it on the shoulders they put it on a cart the ark began to fall and a man named uza reached out his hand to catch the ark well intentioned but the power from that ark struck him dead. Mm. And so if we try to mess with God's design for marriage, it always leads to death. Whether that's entering into sexual activity before you enter into a covenant with a person, it's going to create cycles of death in your life. I'm not saying that you're going to be struck dead, but you enter into a place that you have not qualified for, nor do you have protection for. You know, and that comes with it certain consequences. The same thing with us as a whole in society. We try to touch God's design for marriage. It messes things up mm-hmm. in our communities, in our nation. Um, it's important. So much so, God places so much emphasis on the marriage. This was how the nation of Israel um, moved from one place to the other with God's protection, moving mm-hmm. by the cloud by day and the fire by night. It was because of the Ark of the Covenant. And the marriage is at the center of every single nation. And if we mess up the marriage, we miss everything else up. And I often say that politicians should be talking about the family more. Because if we get the marriage right, we can fix everything else from the economy to immigration to you name it. If we get our house in order, everything else lines up. You know, what saddens me is that we like to point fingers about the outside world and what's going on out there. When in reality, you know, it is up to us, you know, to to bear that standard, especially for us as Christians. And uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of problems that we as Christians are seeing in churches and, you know, the divide between, uh, you know, even theology and how some people are not taking it seriously. And then some other people are taking it, you know, really seriously and taking God's word for what it is. And so it, it that's a dangerous place to be, to place responsibility on outside things when in reality it's up to us. There's a lot of things that we blame that is happening in the world. When you can pinpoint back to the fatherlessness in the homes and, you know, and that stems from the tension that there is between a husband and a wife, which causes them to divorce. Then these children are raised with, you know, single parent households or they're raised with a grandma or raised with a grandpa or, you know, whoever. And so we're allowing outsiders to raise our children instead of building that strong bond. I mean, marriage is hard. It's and it really hard. comes down to individual identity, yeah. which is um, we can speak to many reasons why there's fatherlessness and why there's broken homes and, and all of that. Um, but the fact of the matter is God's design is still intact and it's in the Bible and we can return to these blueprints no matter how far we've gotten off of course, we can Mm -hmm. get it right, but we all have to learn what that blueprint is so we can build rightly. And it's in the Bible. God created Adam and Eve And he pulled the wife out of the husband. They were one in Adam, but he pulled the wife out of the husband and created this covenant relationship. It's it's so powerful. And so sex is a great part of that. It's a blessing and it's a privilege. And it comes with this three-part spirit, soul, and body 
experience. It's not just a physical thing, but it does involve your soul and it Mm -hmm. involves your spirit. And most people think of sex in a couple of ways. They think, you know, sex is there for physical enjoyment only, which is totally true. There is physical enjoyment, satisfaction, but there's so much more. Along Mm -hmm. with that satisfaction comes prophetic activation. There's comfort. There comes the, the mutual understanding. Something supernatural happens when you have sex with your spouse and, and, and it's meant for enjoyment on both sides. Some women think it's just a a thing for men that they, you know, have to give over and it's a part of their wifely duties or whatever, but it's meant for mutual pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's meant for a revealing of God's glory for heaven to invade earth. And you think to yourself, I didn't know it was all of that. I thought it was just this climax that we reach physically, Mm. but this is heaven invading earth and you build culture together. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What are you cheesing at? I'm not. If you're just listening, listening Victoria has a little smirk going on. I'm listening. It's a lot of good information. Yes. Um, And so we ask ourselves if the Holy of Holies represents that place of covenant and that involves romance and intimacy Um, We have to begin to ask God, what is your original design for our sexuality Mm -hmm. and for the sexual relationship reserved for a husband and a wife? So we're going to be breaking that down in more uh, shorter episodes over the next several weeks, starting with today, just kind of outlining what is God's purpose for sex? Mm-hmm. And we came up with this acronym specifically for this episode. So you can remember so it. So <laughs> you can remember it, God's purpose for sex. And we're going to go uh, point by point over the next several weeks and 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 really dig deep into these concepts. But what's Break that word? Down. We're just going to call it spicy. Spicy. S-P-I-C-Y. What is God's purpose for sex? Number one, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really indicative of pleasure. Mm-hmm. God did design sex for pleasure. In fact, even in um, the exit of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, he turned to the woman and said, you're going to have pain in childbirth, but I'm actually going to increase the pleasure and your attraction towards your husband in sex so that the, the pain doesn't detour you from having children. <laughs> that means I'm whatever pleasure sex was, I'm going to increase it. God desired it for um, pleasure mm-hmm. and mutual pleasure. Again, it's not just a male pleasure thing. I think it, it comes easier for a lot of men to reach that big climax moment. But women... Uh, um, can find great pleasure in sex. Am I right, honey? Yeah, I think what's happening, I, I think when, especially us, like talking through through with uh, the couples, I think there is that stigma of this is a need that a man needs and I just need to do my duty and be done with it. Right. So they don't even involve themselves with, in it. And there's a deeper conversation with that because that could be a lot of things. That could be a past trauma, 
past hurt, if you've had past relationships, and especially for a woman that has, you know, given herself away to a partner that was not their spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, the trauma that it creates, like, I've always been baffled by that. Because to me, I felt like that that would have been so traumatic to be with complete stranger or a person that you are not really um, invested in, you know what I mean? Or somebody that's like a night, one night stand. And I'm not, you know, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying for me, when I hear that, I would just think that would be so traumatic for a woman. And it is. And it is. And so I feel like that when they first step time, into marriage. You know, especially if they're, you know, it's with a random guy that yeah. they're dating in high school or college or something. So yeah. I think what we're seeing is when, you know, women do step into marriage because our parents, I know my parents were very shy about talking sex. And, you know, in this generation, this age, we're more open about it, which I think is a good thing because um, a lot of people hide away and don't want to say anything because because they think that they're weird, something's wrong with them. Um, you know, and if I say it, I'm going to look like a weirdo. And so whenever you do have those conversations, all of this is brought to the light. And it's almost like this person has this aha moment that I'm not alone. And I just need to deal with my personal trauma so that I could get to a place where I can open up to my spouse. I think that's really the root cause of women not really reaching that place of actually Mm -hmm. wanting to be with their partner. Yeah. For men, um, it's easier to, um, engage in this physical act um with with without it connecting to uh, their soul like they can disconnect their mind from it um and, and you know i hesitate in kind of generalizing because you know we have seen pornography um mm-hmm. not only affect men but in, in this generation millennials and younger a higher and higher percentage of women is engaged in that as well. So uh, there are a lot of women who are having random careless sex and are experiencing a lot of physical pleasure from it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I think women in general, um, their the height of their pleasure is also connected to this soulish connection and the level of trust and vulnerability that they can have with their partner mm-hmm. um, and how comfortable they are with their own bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and being able to uh, tune in to the responses of your body and also being able to communicate with your spouse um, things that make you feel uncomfortable and talking through why that makes you feel uncomfortable, especially if you had trauma in your past, but also um, you know, letting your, your spouse know what makes you feel good and leaning into that more and exploring different aspects of that sexual experience, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess the goal of it is to, you know, be naked and unashamed yeah. um, in the marriage. Um, and, and there are a lot of times there's a process of unraveling and being vulnerable with your spouse and talking through the process and you know even some things that you were taught that you thought for the longest time were right or maybe you thought this was right or that's the example that you saw so it's very important to talk about it and i'm just really seeing that a lot of people are just lacking in that just Mm -hmm. really communicating that so i'm tempted to jump even further into that specific letter which is the s of spicy satisfaction And so we're going to be talking about this, why sex is good for men. 
We're going to have an episode, Why Sex is Good for Women. We're going to talk about pornography and how that destroys sexual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about everything the Bible says or doesn't say and what God says within the Bible about all of your hot topic questions from toys, oral sex, uh, mutual submission in marriage, what's off limits, What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Is everything appropriate? We're going to be going into all of it in the upcoming episode. But today it's kind of an overview of God's purpose for marriage. So that's your S, satisfaction. Yes. P is uh, three words that start with P, procreation. God definitely wants us to be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. But also partnership. And thirdly, prophetic activation. And these three P words kind of flow together because when you're procreating, it's an act that's not just about having children because children are being born outside of a marriage every single day, but it's about having children that reflect the culture of the kingdom of heaven through values that you pass on to them. I love the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses uh, twenty, verse 28. You see what is called the dominion mandate, the instructions God gave to the, to the husband and the wife. He says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue, have dominion. Mm-hmm. He wants them to have dominion. But in order to have dominion, they have to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Well, isn't that three ways of saying the same thing? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish it. What's the difference? The difference is in looking at the context and and those different words is in the physical, the soulish, and the spiritual is that you are, you know, reproducing yourself. We're talking about the P, which is procreation, but you're, you're partnering to have children that carry values that you and your spouse um, cultivate together. Yeah. So you're duplicating the culture of heaven by having children physically, yes, but giving them the values of the kingdom, and that's the spiritual aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. Passing on a legacy and teaching them the way that they should go. So you have to partner with your spouse in order to do that. Um, The other P word that I like is prophetic activation, is that when you have sex with a person, there is a sort of surrender that takes place. Mm-hmm. And you are activating and, and coming into agreement, spiritually speaking. It's almost like intercession in a sense. Mm-hmm. You are coming into agreement with the mission that you have discussed prior and mm-hmm. throughout the dating process. And every single day, Victoria and I are talking about mission every single day. What are we doing and why are we doing it? And engaging in sex is like um, sh- you know, striking the deal. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, it's prophetic activation in order for you to partner to procreate. Does that make sense? It's a prophetic activation for your partnership in order for you to procreate because your mission, no matter how it's exercised, is always going to be connected to God's plan of getting heaven to earth. Mm-hmm. And that happens through procreation. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really good. That's good. We're going to run over these other ones very quickly. So we have spicy, satisfaction, procreation, partnership, and prophetic activation. That's the P. The I is intimacy. 
And as you know, intimacy is not just sex itself, but learning one another, Mm -hmm. you know, communicating effectively, unveiling the deepest parts of your soul to one another. Intimacy. C is comfort. The C in spicy is comfort. When you're grieving, especially men, men grieve hard and they grieve fast. And sex is actually a good tool um, to help through any grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a restorative process. Like if there's been trauma in the relationship, sex can actually bring comfort and healing. Um, it could bring comfort and healing as well if you've experienced trauma in your life before you were married, that that sex begins to mend those broken places in your soul from where you may have been violated. It's almost honestly like speaking in tongues. It's something that you don't fully understand. You know, you can put some words around it, but there is something supernatural that happens when you are partaking in that. And, you know, that there's a mutual satisfaction and that you guys are, you know, going with the same mission together that there there is some kind of a seal and confirmation that you guys receive there are times you know that if ryan is going through something that i may not understand or he may not be able to tell me that i know you know few days after or a week after I sense that heaviness. So because I am a woman, I'm more of like the incubator, you know, so I, I sense that. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about too, that, um, uh, the husband also carries like the apostolic role and the female represents more of like the prophetic role in the dynamic of the family. Mm-hmm. And so there is that spiritual aspect that it's really hard to explain that is so powerful that it's just beyond of what, even our understanding is same thing yeah. as we are speaking in tongues that we don't fully understand, but the, uh, what is it called? The spirit, spirit makes intercession makes in- for us, intercession for us. And you've even said that to so many couples that whenever you guys are continually coming up with this problem, um, that you are to go separate ways that you are to pray and then come together and be intimate. And I know some people listening to this and maybe at this time, they're like, at the point of hating their spouse's guts and Mm -hmm. you know hearing this they're saying you're talking to me about giving him some you know i don't think so you know but it's that refusal for you to connect with one another is the enemy's way to separate you divorce doesn't happen overnight uh divorce is like a little deception that the enemy pushes in your mind, pushes in your spouse's mind. And whenever you guys disconnect physically as well, there's a lot of thoughts that the enemy will implant into your mind that you will receive because you guys are so, uh, you know, haven't been intimate for such a long time. But when you are intimate together, literally there is, there does become this mutual understanding of a specific thing, even when you can't really put the words to it. But it's looking at sex as not um, something you dangle over your spouse's head as a reward for them being good. Yeah. Right. It's it's the same thing with us engaging in praise and worship. You know, God doesn't say um, say to us, like, you know, if, if you're a horrible person, you know, you you can't you know, come into a service and feel my presence. You know yeah. what I mean? Come as you are. You know, that's exactly no, not I'm... Not that if you're a horrible person, but I'm saying, let, let's just say if you were not the best that week, you, you sinned, you fell short mm-hmm. as we all do, but you go into the presence of God and his presence almost becomes more powerful because there's grace and mercy there. Yeah. That makes more yeah. sense. Um, 
And it empowers you through that love to change your behavior. But the behavior change doesn't come first. The grace and the mercy comes first. So the same thing is with sex. It's meant to be a continual flow that you and your your spouse engage in, not something like a carrot that you wave in front of their nose. When they're being good, they get rewarded with sex. And I'm saying that from a male perspective, if that makes sense. Is it that, that scripture that says uh, that love leads us to repentance, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, his kindness the, leads us to his repentance. kindness yeah. leads us to repentance. So, a, a lot of times, you know, when we are in a place of hurt and not want to come together, we need to be dealing with that unforgiveness in our heart. You know, because God extends that loving kindness to us, and that's what brings about repentance. You know, we're work so hard to try to change that person instead of coming to God and saying, "God, I surrender. There's nothing yes. else I can do. I, I, the only thing I can do is for you to." you know, reveal to me what you really need to do in my life so that I can help my spouse, support my spouse, love them the way they need to be loved, not with my love language, but with with the way that they need to be loved. Um, and that's true unconditional love. That's what marriage is truly about. And that's why 1 Corinthians 7, 5 says, don't withhold yourself from one another. Mm-hmm. Don't deprive one another, except with agreement For a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer and then come back together again. So Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of Mm self-control. Don't deprive. Even if you're upset with one another, be angry and take it out in the bedroom. I love what I heard. um, I I, I forgot. Oh, it was uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. uh, Her husband said Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, one of the things that they would often do is what when they would argue, their thing was, if we're going to argue, let's argue naked. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's hard to do it. something like that. You, it, I know it's just funny and maybe not all that practical. But you know For what? Yeah. Sometimes you might need to say, we we are we are not going to be able to talk this through unless we de- de- uh, decompress the situation. And that can happen through sex. So. Um, let's head right to the why, because that was comfort. The why and spicy is yielding and yearning. Mm -hmm. And so um, because sex is an act of of mutual submission to one another, Mm -hmm. um, it does come with this spiritual reliance that is established, like this uh, uh, interdependency upon one another and leaning upon one another. And it also, the more you have sex, the more you yearn for one another. Mm-hmm. And that yearning is good. Um, but we're going to be going into more detail about that. But if you want to know what God's purpose for marriage is, you should say, or for sex, God's purpose for sex, sex should be spicy, should be for satisfaction, procreation, partnership, and prophetic activation, intimacy, comfort, yielding and yearning mm-hmm. so that's spicy you have all those letters um and and this is what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks as we are in these spicy sessions yeah summer and love you know what i would uh love to throw it out there for those of you who have any questions uh if you're married if you're single if you're listening to this podcast 
send us a DM on Instagram or, you know, message us. Let us know some of these questions so we can address them in the upcoming um, episodes as we have said that we're going to be talking about this throughout this summer. So be sure to send us a message and also share it with a friend um, or share it on your Instagram page, on your stories. It's very easy. Um, that way they can just tap and also uh, partake in this information because it's transformational to know this knowledge and be free and not feel like you're alone in this. Yeah. And you know what? You can actually text us directly, uh, 864-428-7131, 864-428-7131. Text us your questions, your prayer request. If your marriage is struggling, let us know. Um, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we are going to be able to make um, an announcement about what we are preparing for your marriages. If you're already married, um, God wants to uh, pour, God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring the spice and the fire back to your relationship. God wants to show you how to have a marriage with a mission. And he's given us strategies on how to help you write a vision for your marriage together on how to heal from brokenness and how to ignite that spark so that you have an experience lasting love. So we're excited to make those announcements in the next coming weeks for those who are married. But make sure you're subscribed if you're on YouTube. Um, and, and check us out on social media. Uh, let us know how these um, episodes are, you know, inspiring you. I, I just love when when people reach out and let us know exactly in what area these messages um, helped them. I got um, a text message the other day, and I, maybe I'll read it on the next episode, about a marriage that was healed by reading my book, I Love You More, Most, and Forever, which you can get right now. Um, just the testimonies greatly encourage us. You know, we're human too. Sometimes we ask ourselves, does this thing really make an impact? So yeah. please let us know so we can share and encourage others and also be encouraged ourselves. We don't have this information for ourselves. We know that this is uh, information that God has given us to spread to others. So the way you can help us is by giving us a review if you have not done so, so that other people can hear this message as well. And this is our ministry. We've stepped out full time to do this, to pour into families um, and help build healthy marriages by empowering individuals to discover their purpose and build cultures of empowerment in their home where the next generation can thrive and not have to struggle the way that you did. And so if you want to support us, you can do so online, RyanColeEmpowerment.com, RyanColeEmpowerment.com. You can become a partner with our ministry. We would love that and help us reach more couples. Yes. All right. We'll see you next week for some more spicy conversations. <laughs>